do you guys like Unfriend Me? I do. Well, if I was you, I'd look for ways to support it. And good thing there is ways. You can go over to patreon.com slash unfriend me right now and help this show become even better than it already is. Hard to imagine, I know. That's patreon.com slash unfriend me. Oh, yeah! Well, some people just deserve to die! Sorry if you can't handle the truth, softy. Oh, yeah, well, I disagree. I think everyone should have the right to live out their lives, even awful murderers and jerk faces. Oh, yeah. Well, if you don't believe in the death penalty, then unfriend me. I still do CrossFit me. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Unfriend Me, everybody. That guy still screaming. Does CrossFit. Yeah, you, everyone still does CrossFit, no matter what we did last week. <clears throat> CrossFit's still a thing. Uh, and we'll talk more about that here in a minute. Justin Robert Young joining me, Scott Johnson, here for another Unfriend Me. It's April 3rd, 2018. Happy April, Justin. Are you excited about today's heady topic of the death penalty, oh, yeah. a.k.a. We're capital getting punishment? Back into, getting back into choppy waters here with uh, the, the death penalty conversation you know what i like to call it i like to call it the latest term abortion it's the latest possible term abortion you can have state sponsored no less <laughs> well i mean there's different ways you can look at this and i'm just saying you know death penalty might be looked at in that way i don't know you are i swear to god you are inching me closer to a scott loves abortion sticker pack <laughs> I just know when we get to that topic, it's going to be a good one. But there may be some similarities today. Uh, my experience has been that... Well, lo- you're just like <laughs> looking for the sliver of joy you can find in this. Because <laughs> it might echo the conversations that we'll eventually have on abortion. Well, All right, look, look. Here we go. Before we get into the death penalty, let's uh, uh, get into your emails. But even before we do that, let me point this out. If you have not been to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash unfriendme, you need to go there if you're a fan of the show because I love doing these intros, uh, but you don't see me do the intro. Even right. if you look at our, our videos on YouTube, you don't see me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only way that you can see me perform the, the physical dexterity that Scott gets to enjoy every Tuesday afternoon is if you head on over to patreon.com slash unfriend me. And if you become a patron, you immediately get access to one of our extended email episodes about tipping that we did a little bit uh earlier in the year tipping so, uh, tipping the gift way, the, the gift they just keeps on tipping is the tipping episode that thing just never ends we keep getting oh, feedback still get stuff on tipping yeah. tipping and gun control you people love it yeah. oh my god not not until we finally do abortion will people finally get off those topics and and move on well, to something else and then well that's the thing we got to clean all this up for our patrons and and then uh and then uh then we'll eventually be able to dig into uh, dig ourselves into more holes yeah uh, if you're wondering hey wait there's another episode on tipping. Well, eventually it might pop into the feed. Yeah. Well, on a day we're gone or something weird happens. Uh, something weird. Yeah. Or we want to, maybe we, we, can, we can tease it. We can like hit a milestone or something and then we'll pop that into the feed. But right now, as soon as we record those, they go right up for our patrons. So you want to make sure that you get a chance to listen to them. So another plug in. Let's go ahead and get into our feedback. Unfriend me show at gmail.com. Again, un friend me show at gmail.com email about anything but specifically you emailed about crossfit this week mitch writes crossfit is a community based and just like the diamond club and tadpool you get communities you cultivate and promote 
CrossFit franchising methods mean that each gym has a lot of control over this. Many good gyms with positive, welcoming environments, but there are also many aggressive, less welcoming, borderline toxic gyms. Same goes for the coaches there. Some may be experienced and intelligent who can help you get the most out of the members without getting them hurt. But the fact that you can get certified as a coach very quickly without very much required experience means that you do have plenty of coaches who think if you aren't dying afterwards, you didn't work out hard enough. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could say this about anything. I don't know what the outlier is, though. Is the outlier the toxic gym or is the outlier the gym that isn't toxic? And that's the part people seem to contend with. But I well, I, 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 think I, I the, tend to believe most gyms are probably just fine. I um, would uh, the, the the law of averages would probably say that, that you know, in general, if you don't like it, you, you probably just not go again. Right. So yeah. you're not going to you're, you're going to have a good time if you're going all the time. Uh, but also what, what I found interesting with that is is. A lot of times we in our communities that we find so much worth in take a lot of time looking at other communities that other people find a lot of worth in and say, hey, look at those idiots. Like, <laughs> which is it, 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 that, 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 that point kind of was very funny. Yeah, I agree. Jack wrote in says, I have social anxiety specifically when it comes to my physical appearance. I am 30 years old. I am white and I am male. I weigh 300 pounds, though I may say I don't look like it. The very idea of going to a gym or that people even know I am working out at home actually makes me feel worse and I start stress eating. Uh, it's so bad that I had to skip every fitness geek section on the morning stream because it made me feel so bad about myself uh, that I sometimes cried. Uh, this email really bummed me out because, um, well, A, I, I, I feel bad that it, that it got to that point for him. Um, just so he knows, now that fitness geek has turned into the sort of maker uh, time with with yeah, Bill. That's what I, I wanted to put it in because I told uh, I told uh, 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 Bill Duran he needed to stop doing the fitness geek because his career was getting so good <laughs> that he was spending all this time doing that and getting fat. Mm -hmm. That's true. Now he can eat at his, at a whim and not worry about fitness, but now he can make us all feel bad that we can't make cool stuff like him. So one yeah. way or the other, you feel bad with Bill. But the important thing here is, uh, I totally get this. I get this maybe in a, to a lesser degree, but I understand this. Um, I'd call it just straight up like aversion to going to the to the gym sometimes. I don't want to be around other people. You mentioned last week you'd go to a gym in the middle of the night. There was hardly anybody there. I, that's my That would be my preferred mode. I don't like people looking at me while I'm doing it. On the treadmill, lifting weights at home, that stuff's fine. Jogging around the neighborhood, I don't care. But like in a gym, pumping iron, looking in a mirror, ugh, freaking F it. I hate it. And I'm paying for that privilege? Uh, not for me. Also, please, everybody, at Chinbeard on Twitter, whether you're listening to this live or on uh, on on delay on podcast, just go ahead and everybody at reply at Chinbeard and let him know that he made somebody cry. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would like you made a grown man cry. Well done, Chinbeard. Well done. <laughs> Wait, hey, great job, jerk. You made a grown <laughs> man cry. <laughs> Jessica writes, CrossFit people are just as irritating as yoga people. I like yoga a ton and do it often, but there is nothing as satisfying as effing with a yoga person. Tell them that you think that their bandas are BS, and if Eastern medicine was as great as they say it is, then why didn't it come up with antibiotics? Oh, man. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I know. Uh, I've got some friends who swear by the, 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 the whole thing with yoga, and they you know claim that their whole lives have changed from it. I don't have too many who claim that you know, they're beating cancer with it or anything weird like that. But, you know, yoga, it's got its place. Oh, man. Uh, come on out to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. Mm. Uh, no, there's there's a lot of that out here. And and uh, yoga is, I think, 
the more I've done yoga, the more I appreciate it and I like it. But man, is it wrapped up in a whole scene. Yeah, I feel like they they should be the hipsters on this whole fitness thing because they were kind of doing this attitude before before CrossFit came into that into, yeah. uh, into clarity. Here's uh, one from Colton who wrote in and says there are two issues around CrossFit: cross and fit. No, he didn't say that. The first is doing large full body Olympic type lifts for time. Those lifts, or those type of lifts, are incredibly technical and should almost never be rushed during repetitions for uh, for time, as in the CrossFit way. Problem two is poor coaching. As you mentioned on the show, any Joe Blow can take a weekend course and call themselves a CrossFit coach. These coaches, uh, we'd put that in quotes, uh, then allow poor form and provide poorly uh, throughout class that injure people. Uh, poor coaching is what has given CrossFit the most bad press since it's, uh, it's has started. Yeah, like it's a pretty open. We, we talked about this. It's kind of an open system. You kind of can open your gym, do whatever you want. Uh, you have the one time, you know, whatever, but then you can kind of run it the way you want to. That probably means that you you can range from bad to okay to good, and no one really knows until they get in there. Yeah. Uh, I think it is designed to spread and provide freedom for those who want to run it. Uh, and not necessarily trying to make sure that everything is done exactly the same way. Right. Jason writes, when I first started off CrossFit about three years ago, I thought I'd be walking into a gym full of dude bro douches. But the reality is the complete opposite. Everyone at the gym was very welcoming, friendly, and supportive to the new person. And they made me feel like I had already belonged there. Also, the gym stresses form and safety over everything else. The coaches will scale the workouts for each person to make sure that they are doing them right. When I first started, I scaled a lot of the workouts to use just an empty bar or a plastic PVC dowel so I could get the form right of the movement correct yeah so this is somebody who uh, uh says look man a lot of people worry this stuff is taken care of yeah you know what i bet i'll bet that's most the the, the free market dictates if you want to have a gym and keep it open and make money and have people trust you 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 run a tight ship and you do the best you can you keep them safe and you scale things and all the things you just mentioned that's most gyms Otherwise, they'd all be out of business eventually because they break people's backs and ruin their their stuff. So yeah. again, where I, I think the gyms is a different topic. It's just some of the people that show up at your Friday night, you know, beer party that won't shut up about CrossFit. Those were the big problems. Final Man, email. Whenever, whenever I'm at my Friday night beer party, my regular Friday night beer party, I always am worried about. Yeah, that. you can tell I kind of made. Now, I will say this: this yeah. last email that you're going to read, we got a lot like this. Yeah. But I wanted to cap this off because I thought it was interesting. With this email. All right. Final email. Brian wrote in, says, this isn't either of our Brian's, right? No. Just for, just for uh, full disclosure. Yeah. Uh, there are more people who complain about how obnoxious CrossFit is. The actual CFers, CrossFitters, uh, who act obnoxiously and preach their ways. These complainers are overcompensating, he says all in caps, due to the embarrassment they feel from their lack of athleticism and their flabby, shabby bodies. Now, this was the most colorful, but we did get a lot of, you want to know what? I've been around CrossFit, or I think that people just, there are far more people, uh, a CrossFitter can't stop talking about CrossFit complaints than there are people who actually can't talk about, uh, can't stop talking about CrossFit. And when I read it, I was like, no, you want to know what? I don't know if I know anybody that has like randomly started a conversation with me about it. Like if anything, I've asked questions and that's been that, or they've said, oh, I got to go to a class, but ne I've never really had anybody do the, like the meme of kind of walking up to me in a, in a uh, empty string of urinals and demand 
that uh, they recognize that I recognize that they do CrossFit. It may here's here's what may be true. This Brian guy might be the only person who's pro CrossFit who has reached out to me in any way, physical, email, digital, whatever, and said a thing like lack of athleticism and our flabby, shabby bodies, like doing the thing that you would accuse the stereotype of a CrossFitter of doing. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had anyone do that to me either. Just like you said. Yeah. I, and I'm racking my brain. I have friends in CrossFit. They've never done this. So I Brian think Brian's the, the guy. So this Brian guy, the oh, the snake ate itself today, Justin. <laughs> oh, man. We we, we we put the ore in Aurora Boris. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, great emails, everybody. And as always, don't forget that email address, unfriendmeshow at gmail.com, unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. You got to put that show part in or we won't get it. Keep them short or they'll be edited down. You Sometimes people get mad and they're like, what happened to the four paragraphs I sent you? Don't send us four paragraphs. Send us a tight, tight little message. Look, I'm yeah. doing the emails. Tamar's out of town, so I had to do the emails, which is why we got five of them because I can't choose. Uh, she's better at, at just lopping uh, emails out of the doc. But I like all of them, so I put it more in. So there we go. All right. Uh, we, uh, hopefully it didn't last too long. Stop yelling at me. Let's go ahead and move into our main topic. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Hey, what's what's going on with capital punishment? Well, Scott, I'm glad you asked. Here's the definition. Capital punishment, also known as the death penalty, is a government-sanctioned practice whereby a person is put to death by the state as punishment for a crime. The sentence that somebody uh, be punished in such a matter is referred to as a death sentence, whereas the act of carrying out the sentence is known as an execution. Crimes that are punishable by death are known as capital crimes or capital offenses that commonly include offenses such as murder, treason, espionage, war crimes, crimes against humanity, and genocide. Uh, throwing genocide there at the end of it. I like it. It's, yeah. <laughs> Etymologically. Yeah. I screwed that one up. Last time I tried to joke about bugs, I, I, I got I got that one wrong. Etymology. Etymologically. Etymologically, Their capital, yeah, uh, is of the head derived from the Latin capitals caput or head. In this context, alluded to execution by beheading, which that I didn't we, know. That's that why capital- people say caput all the time, like ah, you're caput, get out of here, or whatever. You're a head. <laughs> you're mean, a head. Of, I don't know. Isn't Latin's that, weird. That's a thing. Latin is weird, but uh, no, that's that's interesting. I didn't know. But that. I, I didn't know that capital punishment was like, hey, we're gonna cut off your head because that was the way that people used to kill people. So it wasn't like capital. Like I, I always assumed that capital punishment meant like from the state. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a state, we have a government, we have a capital, and so it is uh, by hereby the the power vested by the populace in the government that allows us to murder you right yeah, yeah. but well, no it's uh hey i'm 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 a chop chop your head it's off. the only way to truly make sure somebody i mean this is awful and dark stuff but the the only way to do it is to cut their head off like the ultimate way everything else leaves questions shoot them in the heart walk away you're not really sure unless you hang around forever to find out like you just don't know unless you not take to that mention, head off you give love a bad name man. yeah there you go nice <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who's are we the only country doing it? It can't be, right? No, Scott. 56 countries retain capital punishment. 103 countries have completely abolished it uh, as de jure for all crimes. Six have abolished it for ordinary crimes while maintaining it for special circumstances such as war crimes. And 30 
are abolitionists in practice. Although most nations have abolished capital punishment, over 60% of the world's population live in countries where the death penalty is retained. So the majority of citizens on this big blue marble of ours uh, have capital punishment, including China, India, the United States, Indonesia, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Japan, and Sri Lanka. Did not know Japan still had the capital punishment deal going. Had no idea. I mean, I know well, they're... They, they put they, they you know, throw you in jail for five years if you bring a joint in. So, you know. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, they can be... They've got a reputation for not litigiousness, but, not you know... Not effing around. Yeah, they I, don't they, screw they, around. Japan, Japan's probably some translation of we don't eff around here. Probably, but uh, I'm a little surprised to see them on this list. Um, I am not surprised, however, to hear that factually most uh the most population or populated areas still have some form of capital punishment and the reason that is is the more people you cram into a place the more often you're going to have some bad eggs do some really rotten stuff the more likely it is that you have an extreme measure like capital punishment to deal with them so that doesn't shock me the thing is we're it's not exactly true of us like we're not the most populated area in the world there are 300 yeah. something uh, million americans uh, while that's a big, nice number, that's nowhere near China or India. So I don't know what our excuse is. And I should say right up front, I'm torn on this issue. And we'll get to that later. So don't take this as my anti thing up front. It's too early for that. Later in the show, you'll you'll get a better idea of where Justin and I stand personally on this issue. Sadly, I stand weirdly with two feet in two places. And, I'm, and, I'm, and maybe this episode is going to figure some stuff out for me. But... We're going to shake you loose. Yeah. We're kicking you off that fence one way or another. Yep. No more Klingons. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here's the bigger question. Does it work? Well, all right. So here's the question that I, I wanted to throw out there, but I, I almost kind of felt like it was something that is, there are facts and figures for, but some of it is kind of unknowable. So one of the biggest things that people say about capital punishment is that it is a deterrent. If you know that there are uh, consequences for your actions that can lead to your death, you are less likely to do it, right? Right. So here is the pro argument for a deterrent. Uh, indeed, other recent, and this is a quote from David Multahausen, PhD. Indeed, other recent investigations using a variety of samples and statistical methods uh, consistently demonstrate a strongly between executions and reduced murder rates. In short, capital punishment does, in fact, save, uh, save lives. Contrast that to John J. Donahue III, Ph.D. Last year, roughly 14,000 murders were committed, but only 35 executions took place. Since murderers typically expose themselves to far greater immediate risks, the likelihood is incredibly remote that some small chance of execution many years after committing a crime will influence the behavior of a sociopathic deviant who would otherwise be willing to kill if his only penalty were life imprisonment. Any criminal who actually thought that he would be caught would find the prospect of life without parole to be a monumental penalty. Any criminal who didn't think that he would be caught would be untroubled by any sanction. Mm. Now, the reason why I found this argument very interesting is because politically, yeah. conservatives tend to be in favor of capital punishment yep. liberals tend to be against it now that argument that we just read right here by john j donahue the third if you're like yeah dude totally that makes so much sense we shouldn't have the death penalty 
and you are liberal, understand that this is almost the same argument for gun control. Mm -hmm. That if we make it harder or we make it uh, the, the consequences larger, that it's not going to stop a sociopath from, from doing it. And that the penalties that we already have in place for doing these crimes are already harsh enough for any right-thinking person to not do it. Well, guess and no. I mean, the difference between the arguments is access to guns. All right. uh, the argument let, is if you had uh, access let me, to guns. Let me try to glue this behind Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that it's exactly tracking one-to-one. -one. I'm saying philosophically, this idea is it is not a deterrent. Right. The idea of laws as deterrents uh, uh, are an interesting philosophical thing. Do and, we know what either of these PhDs were in terms of their affiliation or whether they were, I mean, do I assume from these quotes that one is pro one and one is anti the other? I, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. David Mulhausen was pro. I found this on a pro and con uh, death penalty site where it laid out their the, the, the deterrent arguments. All right. No, but you make a good point about sometimes the methodology of our anti is equal to that of another side's anti for the thing we're pro. Like I get, I, I get what you were what you were driving at. I think that makes sense. Uh, all right. How often do we do it? Do we kill? I mean, I'm, I live in a state that has the death penalty. We've had our... Oh, Scott, not only do you live in a state that has the death penalty, you... I'm sorry. I have to close the chat. <laughs> I'm just going to get distracted and I'm just going to yell at people. Uh, you know. I'm just... Uh, just time them out, please. Right. Uh, 22 people died in 2017 by way of the death penalty at the hands of the state all by lethal injection. Those states were Texas, Virginia, Missouri, Arkansas, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio, and Florida. In fact, as of now, uh, we have only had lethal injection uh, murders or uh, state-sponsored murders, capital punishment, because that is seen to be the most humane way to kill somebody. It's a very Freudian thing he said there for a second. Yes. Yeah. The state has only murdered people via lethal injection 100% of the time. I mean, it is Florida. a murder, right? Like, it, it, it is a premeditated murder. Whether or not we agree that somebody deserves it is really the question. That is absolutely, I agree with that. Now, we are a state, Utah is a state that is a, uh, you know, you can get yourself killed here if, if you do some capital uh, capital business. Uh, we've had some really notable ones, like, oh, I forgot his name. Oh, shoot, I had this in my head before the show, and I was going to bring it up. I should have written it down. Tommy, oh, maybe maybe I'll be able to jog your memory here. Tom, yeah, tell uh, me, give me the famous ones. Give me what you got. Here are some methods that uh, that people uh, die from here in in America, uh, or have been. Electrocution in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia. Boy, does the South love to electrocute people on death row. Gas in inhalation is a more of a West Coast trend. Uh, hanging in the state of Washington, and by far the most badass way for the state to murder somebody takes place in the great state of Utah where they employ a firing squad. You get shot to death by a firing squad. I don't know that I would give such a broad difference between hanging and shooting. Like, I get it. Right there, I think, but as far as extremity goes, or relying on eighteen hundred, argue to, you cannot argue that a firing squad is less badass than a hanging. Well, badass is a different question. 
You have a bunch of people with guns that are, I mean, like it, it's, it's like the dramatic tension moment, right? You have like, like the, the, the bead going down the bead of sweat down the, 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 the firing guys, uh, uh brow, like, you which know, would the, you, which would you say, what, which one's more like old school West, old West justice, 1800s justice, which one would you say is more? Uh, I'd say hanging. Or, I'd say they're equal. I'd say hanging and firing oh, no, no, no. squad. Hanging's by far the more frontier kind of way to do it. But that's why firing squad, firing squad always just seems so dystopian. You know, <laughs> like it's like you're roping other people into it. Like, you know, uh, hanging, you can really do that with two people. Right. Right. Like, that's like the minimum person who you're hanging, the guy who's going to hang them. Right. But a firing squad, that's like an event. Yeah. Now look, <laughs> the last person to be executed by firing squad. Yeah. Oh, was in Utah, Ronnie Lee Gardner. Mm. I don't know if that was the, the name that you were trying to fish out. No, there's another one, but keep going. Killed mm-hmm. by firing squad on June 18th, 2010. Yeah, wasn't that long ago. Eight years ago. <laughs> eight years ago. To put a little emotional marker in when the last person was dead by firing squad in America, that was the same day. Toy Story 3 came out. (laughs) You could get an iPad 1 that year. Toy Story 3 was out, and and that and a dude got shot to death by the state of Utah. All right. Quick clarification. He got to pick. That's that's an option. He could have done the lethal injection like everybody else does. He went, no, firing squad. You guys allow it? I'm doing it. Let's go. So... For the record, it isn't just like, I subject you to death by firing squad on the morn of tomorrow at dawn. It's not like that. But let's make it early. I got to take the kids to see Toy Story 3. <laughs> Let me buy my tickets on my iPad 1. All right. Here's the thing. The one I was thinking of, by the way, was uh, Gary Gilmore, famously. Uh, it, it, there was a movie called The Executioner's Song with Tommy Lee Jones. He won a bunch of awards for this. I think it was a TV drama. Maybe it was an actual movie. Anyway, he's a famous Utah killer guy, and I was and I was thinking of him. But we've had a few of those. Who's the famous lawyer that uh, killed all the girls in Florida and then up here in Utah? Uh, we have a shared serial killer. Um, the good-looking one. He was Bundy? Bundy, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy? Uh, he's also been put to death. I think it was here. Unless it was one of the other states that also extradited him because he had stuff all over the place. He died in Florida. Was it in Florida? Okay. So I don't know what happened with his murders in Utah. I don't know how that turned out. But He was educated in the University of Utah. Ted Bundy, uh, in fact, uh, was uh, uh, in his murder spree while my mom, uh, in the same town, while my mom was going to that college. That sucks. Was she brunette? She was. Dude, that's scary. That was his thing. His whole target MO was was brunettes uh, in college. Yeah, yeah. It was it's a it's a weird, a weird what if. <laughs> yeah, that is a weird what if. But but uh we're not how do I put this? I'm in the one hand defensive of my own state because yeah. I don't think it's obviously it doesn't happen that often. Uh and when it's firing squad, it was ten years ago. I still think that's weird. I don't know. Eight, I'm I'm starting eight to years. eight years. Don't don't give yourself that extra two. Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> I killed somebody years. with the firing squad eight years ago. <laughs> I had been playing I had been playing Burnout Paradise on my Xbox 360 two years. 
two years before this happened. And meanwhile, yeah, you look up and you're like, what was that noise? <laughs> well, you guys hear that? It was Is like that a flock of birds, a bottle rocket going off. I mean, we're not we are not making light of the loss of human life here, folks. Part of part of what we have to do on this show when we talk about sensitive subjects like this is we have to self-efface all sorts of things. Even when no, I'm, I'm 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 totally unmoored now that I've I've closed the chat room. I'm unmoored. I don't care. We're we're going. We're gonna laugh at death. In fact, here we go. Uh, how about I I take some uh, for myself some of this shame, this state pride shame for from myself. Yeah. Of course, Florida was the home of Old Sparky. The the uh, homespun nickname that Florida residents had for our electric chair. Here's some of the colorful history of old Sparky. In the state of Florida on July 8th, 1999, Alan Lee Davis, convicted of murder, was executed in the Florida electric chair called old Sparky. Davis's face was bloodied and photographs were taken, which were later posted on the Internet. This is part of what led to the retirement of, of old Sparky was that people started to be able to see beyond the, the the discretion of newspapers exactly how horrifying electric uh, electrocuting somebody to death was yeah the 1997 execution of pedro medina in florida created a controversy when flames burst out of his head lethal injection has been the primary method of execution in the state of florida since 2000 yeah uh i mean uh, there there are people that are like either Yes, put them to death. Don't do it at all, right? There's there's that dividing line. But then if you go a little deeper, you cut just a little deeper and you realize, oh, there's also, well, I'm cool with the death penalty, but it better not be anything but lethal injection. And then there are people who are like, nope, just put it in front of the firing squad, hang them, do whatever you got to do. And then if you go deeper than that, there are people that say, well, we don't really know if people are in pain or if there's any humane way to put anyone to death, regardless of method, including lethal injection. So... It's way more nuanced than people think. It's so easy just to say, I'm anti this and I'm anti that or I'm pro this or pro that. But the deeper you dig into these kinds of issues, you realize, man, this stuff is like microscopic sometimes where the issues well, start to break apart. The interesting thing about the death penalty, as I did my one hour of Googling, is that ultimately it does come down to a very philosophical idea of how much power we put in the government. Mm -hmm. Because... If, if you remove it in any way from the philosophical, then now the question is, are you going to tell a crying family who has lost their father or their mother or their newborn child that they can't have the kind of vengeance that they want, right? right? Or, or, that, or that has been legal. Yeah, or uh, or here's, here, let me complicate your story more. There was, yeah. a, there was a family up in Idaho whose daughter was kidnapped uh, I can't remember the exact details, but she ended up being murdered by the man who took her. And they, uh, Idaho also pro, pro let's kill him. Um, they openly and publicly, uh, despite them being completely devastated about the loss of their daughter, forgave this person and asked everybody to show mercy because he, in their minds, and a lot of this was religious, but in their minds, he was going to a much worse place as a result. And it wasn't our job to judge him. Anyway, they took a very pacifist sort of stance on the whole thing. And they were upset that the state wanted to ask for the death penalty. So on the one hand, you would, you would it seems sensible that the people who are most wronged are the ones that want the most vengeance. And then once in a while, you get a you get a weird one where they're like, no, we, we'd prefer this not to happen this way. Uh, life in jail is fine with us. And the state goes ahead and kills them anyway. Like it's, 
again, the nuances are twisted. Well, and look, the, this is why philosophically, I think you have to be very careful about what we allow because right. there are, I mean, for any decision that you make for a government, then immediately imagine the messiest scenario that complicates it mm-hmm. because it will exist mm-hmm. because that's the point is that government is the ground rules. They are, they are the rules that you get out when you open up the board game. There's always going to be some version that is very, 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 very complicated that makes you test whether or not you believe in what you believe. Mm-hmm. Hard-lined immigration people who are like, hey, look, you, you, you can't come in. and uh, yeah, Sorry, buddy, we're all full. When you see a crying child who's, uh, you know, a, a family was murdered by a brutal regime that you politically uh, uh, you know, disagree with, and they have been freedom fighters for the ideological perspective that you believe in, says, I would like to live a life here. What do you say to that, right? right. It's, right. It, you're always going to run into the most complicated situation. Right. If you and I fought in a bar, one of us died. Yeah. That's different sure. for me. So number one, so <clears throat> many complications. I mean, how do we get there? Yeah. That's, that would be a great uh, smash cut fast forward to me and you fighting in a bar to the death. I can't even imagine this, but maybe Vegas. Who knows? We're getting there soon. I mean, look, yeah, everybody get get your tickets. I, I, my money's on you. Number one, because you probably wouldn't be drunk. And number two, <laughs> because I think you got some height and reach on me. I do. I have a little bit of leverage. But uh, all right. So. If 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 whatever for whatever reason you and I are in a bar and we're fighting, actually a better example would be let's say my son Nick is in a in a situation where he's fighting somebody, and that fight turned real ugly, and one thing led to another, and the other kid or the other guy dies, and Nick is now responsible for that uh, for that murder, uh, aka manslaughter is probably what they would he would be charged with. That's a different kind of killing than somebody who. Uh, saw a seven-year-old walking home from school, uh, drove by, grabbed her, put threw her in the back of the van, and no one ever saw her again. And then they find the guy, they figure it out, they prove him uh, guilty, and they ask for the death penalty. Yeah. That's kind of kind of where I'm at. Like, if you ask me point blank, hey, Scott, if one of your kids, one of your daughters was attacked and murdered, what would you want the perpetrator to, what would you want to have done? I'd be lying if I said I didn't want him put to death. Yeah, I'd be lying. Of course, I want him put to death and I want it to happen quick and I want him to go now and I don't want him to languish on the system and have it cost a bunch of money. I want that guy to freaking die and I would be tempted to be the guy who did it because freaking I can't imagine a more hideous thing to have happen to people. I just can't imagine how awful it would be. On the other hand, uh, something like this bar scenario whoever won that fight, even if the other kid won the fight and it was my son who died, I don't know that it's the same. It'd be hard for me to demand the death penalty of somebody who got into a mutually agreeable fight that went wrong. Do you know what I mean? What oh I'm my saying- God. Well, I, I, absolutely. Which is kind of where we've wound up as a country because death penalty cases are very, very, very hard to try. And they are almost exclusively in the domain of, of, First degree murder, so premeditated, uh, you know, murder of of uh, somebody. Right. Now, here here are the here are the stats. Murders in thirty seven states that authorized the death penalty in nineteen ninety four fell from nineteen thousand two hundred fifty that year to twelve thousand four hundred forty ten years later in twenty fourteen. That is a thirty five point four percent decline. That is about 
indicative of the trend of how many less murders we have in the United States. We are, despite what some might think, a far safer nation now than we have been at any point in our history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, death sentences dropped by more than double that rate from 310 in 1994 to only 73 in 2014. So in in, in 10 years, that is a 76.5% decline. We are putting, even in states where we allow it, we are putting, sentencing less people to death than we ever have been. Well, that's good, I think. Like... Well, I mean that, but then you get you get into uh, 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 you know a lot of other questions. What what is undeniable is the fact that we are, I guess, rising our our threshold to whether or not a lawyer a lawyer wants to try somebody for the death penalty. Because remember, in many states, if not all states, and, and this is me not having my uh, legal hat on because I didn't get a degree in law. Uh, is uh, you have to announce that you are trying them for the death penalty at the beginning, mm. and then your case needs to meet that threshold. Mm. So it is harder. The, boot, the burden of proof is higher. Juries are less likely to find your client guilty if there is a hole in your argument. So many times uh, state's attorneys will just try them for life in prison because they don't want to you know, go for broke and then have something fall apart along the way. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be interesting when we start getting calls on this because I'm so tempted to, I still, I, I, I can't. Do you think it should exist? Should the death um, penalty exist? Should it exist? I mean, it, it exists just by the nature of man. So if you mean state sanctioned, destruction of life based yes, on uh, yeah yeah scott i'm not talking about street justice i'm talking about <laughs> no, that's government a... putting somebody to death um so here's how i look at it if it didn't exist already uh then i think i would just be boy this is hard i don't know i don't know the answer to that question i think that i'm i think that it's so it is so dependent on different things. Like when I say I I would demand the death penalty if somebody hurt my daughters, killed my daughters, or something, there are people in other countries who absolutely have nothing like the death penalty anymore. Let's say France, uh, where they used to be way into it with like contraptions and blades and everything. They were awesome with the death penalty, but now they don't like it so much. Uh, if I if some family in France had the same thing oh, happen, now they do good for it. Now they're hipsters. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I liked the death penalty back in the early days. <laughs> When we had giant guillotines or guillotines. When we had guillotines, you know, drawing yeah. and quartering, stuff like that. I don't like this new stuff. Right. Lethal injection, boring. Right. But but if but if you go one of those countries and the same scenario happens, one of your kids is kidnapped and murdered, they don't get the level of justice I would get in my mind. So so I think that makes me pro death penalty in cases like this. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also kind of a a wide-eyed optimist and a little bit naive sometimes, and I think I would rather have a world where this wasn't a problem. But that just feels like wishful thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, Again, I don't know. I mean, murder rates are nothing in a lot of those countries we're talking about now. They have way, you know, they're they're long, long past their days of having high murder rates, and we we are lower than we've been, despite you know what the news may tell you. We're way better than we used to be. So yeah, 
maybe as society moves along, you can start trimming away things like capital punishment. And maybe that's, that's the inevitable thing. It's just that we get so religious about what our government has done for the few hundred years we've been here that we have a hard time letting go. There may be a future where everybody agrees, well, we don't really need these guns, but there'll be this religious ferocity about not getting rid of guns that will hold us back from actually doing it. The same could be said for anything else tied to the Constitution, and certainly capital punishment wouldn't be immune from that. Well, okay, all right here. Before, again, you're getting into a million shades of gray. I know, every statement is like complicated. Try to stick to, should the government be allowed to kill you? Again, it's not, there's not enough context there, but if you're saying. No, 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 because no, it has to be that black and white or else you are always going to be able to complicate it. So like, if, if the answer is no, in no cases should the government be allowed to kill you, then you are saying not only the like, you know, of course they can run into my house and just start shooting me. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that even if I did something horrifying, and I was proven guilty by three straight courts and I and I appealed a million times and each one of those appeals was denied that even then the government isn't allowed to kill. OK, I'll answer it this way. I'll tell you what I wish. I'm not saying what they should or shouldn't do. I'll tell you what I wish. I wish the government didn't kill people. And I would probably change that tune if something happened to me and mine. But because it hasn't and hopefully never will. And I can have this outside perspective. I wish the state didn't put people to death. I do wish that. Now, some would say, oh, yeah, what about overcrowded prisons? What about blah, 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 what about blah, blah, blah? I don't know the answer to any of that. And I'm not saying I have those answers. I am answering the simple, non contextual question of should the state do it? Probably not, is how I feel. I don't, th- I wish they wouldn't. If that makes any sense I, to people listening, I'm not, this isn't Scott not taking a side. This is me. I am genuinely and have been my whole life very conflicted about the death penalty because on the, uh, I, I understand both sides pretty strongly and it's really hard for me to say, but I kind of wish we didn't do it. In my youth, I was very pro death penalty. I just thought that there should, there should be, there are crimes that are beyond the pale. Right. And there are people that the world would be better without. And if both of those things are true, then why should there not be a punishment for that? Right. 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 And, and understanding, uh, you know, understanding that those are, uh, you know, just elements that to make a better world. Now, right. right. The other side, and one that I have found more compelling is that, we are only thinking of perfectly dispensed justice and everything that I've read. Right. There is the real, real, real reality that not everybody who is sentenced to death actually killed somebody and that our justice system is indeed imperfect. Right. And so if there is one life taken by accident, is that too much? You know, if there is one life incorrectly taken, have we gone too far? Even if we get, Everybody else dead to rights. You know, they, they go, you know, pause, suspend whatever religious belief and imagine that everybody's going to, uh, you know, some did you really do it? Uh, you know, basically like the afterlife is one of those reality shows like mm-hmm. after they're done and now they're all like they look slightly different and have a beard. 
and they're discussing what happened mm -hmm. back at back at the house. Right. It's like that. That's our heaven. And you're deciding like, <clears throat> all right, you definitely did it. You definitely did it. You definitely did it. We have the tape on that. You didn't do it. Is that too much? Uh, and I think it, I think it it, it is. It, it is, is too much. And, and, it is. It is. And and that affects my black and white philosophical question. Should the state be allowed to kill? Because what you're asking is, is the price, is it worth paying the price of an innocent life to maintain the overall justice system, which doesn't do that very often, but is it worth that price? It's the same argument you could make for guns when you say, is it is it worth the price to have 17 kids killed and not do anything about common sense gun laws? It's the same question. And the answer is you're either okay with that as being the price or you're not. And I'm not okay with either of those prices. Those are all; those prices are too high. No, I mean I think you would. I I unnecessarily brought guns into it earlier, so I can't really. Yeah, I'm just I'm just doing it on the other side. And this is we've had our gun episode, and we can certainly have future ones. But but my my point is that you what you're asking is the currency. You're saying is it worth it or not? Well, and, no, no, no. I'm I'm saying should the state be allowed to kill you? Question number one. Yeah. But then also adjacent to that, should the state be allowed to make a mistake? Should well, we and that's my point. That I think that, I think one leads to the other. The state, though. The state is operated by imperfect people, that the justice system is operated by imperfect people. Uh, and. That sometimes that goes wrong. Yeah. And sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's by error. And sometimes it, it is everybody doing their hardest, you know, uh, to, to execute justice fairly. And it just falls through the cracks should somebody be allowed to die because of that because again think of the most complicated scenario and that should affect your your abstract conversation and then that to me has affected it enough and the idea that hey look we are phasing out the death penalty by the numbers we are issuing less and less people death sentences and yet the murder rate has continued to fall kind of makes the argument for me that maybe this isn't quite the deterrent that we like to think, you know, when we look at it on a metaphor. Yeah, time and time maturity and, and human advancement might actually be the answer to it. It's just how long to, you know, how long. You know, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? What's that? None of it. Uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we should take people's calls. We should. Yeah. 801-285-9395. Sorry. 801-285-9395. We have our very first caller. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's Jonathan from New York. Hello, Jonathan. Always good to hear from you, man. What's going on? I had to uh I had to escape into a phone room in my office to to put this uh thought process together. No worries. Um, New York is a storied yeah. place of, of 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 lots of weird execution y things over a few hundred years, so uh, I, I'm sure you have an opinion given where you live. What do you got? Oh, well, I'm from Ohio, but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, I think one I missed the beginning top of the show, so I'd like to bring up one point, which is that it seems telling to me that there are countries that manufacture the drug that was approved by most judicial courts within the context of the Eighth Amendment to say this is the only drug we can use to quantifiably execute someone within the parameters of the eighth amendment and now they won't sell them to us mm -hmm. um so you have the situation where countries are not selling us what we have deemed as a country to be an acceptable means of execution um yeah. i think that's rather telling your, your point um, your point meaning they're artificially or not artificially but they're they are impacting the the debate uh from the they outside won't sell us the drugs because right. they're being used for 
execution rather than what they originally purposed for. Right, right, right. Um, you have Canada who will, you know, obviously you can escape to Canada and they won't extradite if someone's going to be held to the death penalty. Um, you have our current president who is threatening to execute drug dealers mm-hmm. under capital punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have my favorite, which is right wing or in some cases not so casual people of the Christian variety who will, despite it having been Easter and their Lord and Savior being executed uh, by capital punishment, still being in favor of capital punishment. And that to me is sort of, uh, it's pretty I mean, but look, yeah. dude, at the end of the weekend, a net gain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the end of the weekend being the end of your life. Yeah. And look, if yeah. you only look at it as a Friday thing, it's a real bummer. But by the time Sunday rolls around, yeah. I mean, yeah, you kind just of roll back that stone. Yeah, roll back that stone. Out comes uh, Johnny Lee Miller or whatever he said his name was. Hey, <laughs> Donnie, look, yeah, every setback to set up for a comeback. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take another call. Hi, good morning. Who's this or afternoon? Uh, actually, here. I'm sorry. Sorry, caller. Let me let me just uh, uh, pipe in here. Uh, this is a story from last, I'm sorry, 2016, May of 2016. Uh, Pfizer blocked the use of its drugs in execution. So it is not only other countries, it is American pharmaceutical. Oh, is, I didn't know. I thought Pfizer was an international. Uh, Are they? All right. Let me I actually that. don't know that for sure. I thought they were German or something, but I could be wrong. Right. Hi, you're, uh, who's this on the air? It's Justin's favorite caller. Oh, it's Devin, Devin, the, Devin attorney. the attorney, dude. We got some legalese hang up on hang him. Up on him. <laughs> oh, you kidding me? I love when you call. All right, uh, lay it on us. Give us some. Uh, give us a legal perspective. Well, I'm actually not going to make a legal argument. Oh, uh, I'm actually more interested in a moral argument. All right. Um, as I've gotten older, and I realize I have less life in front of me than I do behind me, uh, I've gotten a lot more better at forgiving people. Mm. And I think, you know, when we come together as a government, you know, we want to really be our best. And when Justin talks about, you know, people getting vengeance through the death penalty, I'm like, is that our best? Mm. Or are we better when we give people the chance at redemption? Um, My kids, my youngest was, I think, two when the Oklahoma City bombing went off. Mm -hmm. And I I still remember the photograph of that uh, firefighter with a baby in his hand. But if Tim McVeigh would have turned his life around in prison. I, I think I would have been happier than he being put to death. Yeah. I mean, this is a common argument too, like finding in ourselves a higher, uh, the, the ability to, to, to forgive or to find ways to forgive is it, it's, it's, it's voices that will say to you, all right, well, um, if some guy, you know, kidnapped and raped and then murdered a three-year-old, do you feel the same? And it's hard for me to feel exactly the same. Can that guy find redemption in anyone's eyes, let alone mine? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I I think you make a perfectly valid point, and I think that's why I'm overall kind of anti-death penalty. But what would you say to somebody who who threw that at you? What would would your response be? I just think of all the bad things I've done in my life, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I'm not a biblical guy. I don't go to church, but, you know, it's he who was without sin. And yet I've tried to live my life better as I've gotten older, tried mm-hmm. to do more for my community, try to be a better person. It's basically all I try to do every day now. Mm-hmm. And why would I not give someone, even someone who's done terrible things, you know, some people might be mentally ill. They might invent a medication that helps them tomorrow. Some people might just be evil. 
but if they can still find it within themselves, you know, over time to change, why not give them the chance? You know, if you send it someone to the death, you can't be sure that you wouldn't invent, you know, the cure for cancer tomorrow. Yeah. And you Which also, kind to, of a, to Justin's, that's kind yeah. of as silly as Justin's gun control argument. I know, but. <laughs> well, I mean, to Justin's point though, about, um, Oh, what was I going to say? Sorry, you threw me with that. That made me laugh. Now I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, Justin made a point earlier about something. But but yeah, like uh, if if you are given an opportunity and the question is, I mean, then there's a whole bunch of questions about do our prisons properly give the right opportunity? Uh, do you look at a guy like Charles Manson who never showed an ounce of this kind of redemption or this kind of penitence or any of these things during his entire time in there before he croaked finally? Uh, it, it, do we look at him and go, well, I guess not. I guess these guys can't be fixed. But then are we, are we actually looking at our prison system and saying, is it best suited to do this? Are we actually reforming people or are we making it worse? Are we compounding the problems? Are we ser- you know, servicing the wrong master? Like there's a lot of questions that if the, the minute we start asking them, they lead to about a million more. And that's the hard part. And, and I think it's good for us to think of these questions. Like I say, it's very easy to say, he hurt me. I want to hurt him. Yeah. But it's much harder to say, he hurt me. There's nothing I can do about that hurt. I have to live with that. Right. But will I gain anything by hurting him? Right. Uh, it's a good point, Justin. Thoughts? Uh, hang up on him first. And I did. Then I'll tell you. He's gone. Go ahead. Good. He's a dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pfizer's an American company, by the way. Oh, it is. In- United States. Oh, okay, cool. All right. I know they're internationally, you know, connected, but I wasn't sure origin. So that's. I just so. I mean, come on. Uh, Yeah. I. I, I, If we could read, if we could care bear stare into Timothy McVeigh and find that he was a changed man, we'd all be happier if he reformed his life. And again, I'm not for the death penalty, but like the idea that we'd be able to tell, like, come on. No, you really. That's the hard. That's the, the trick. You can't tell. And also, like, like, and and sure, I'm I'm with that as a philosophical thing. It is something that I like to guide my life by. I do like to to think of everybody as as a redeemable, except for Evan. But uh, <laughs> uh, aside from uh, aside from that, like, uh, how is is my heart and my philosophy? Am I going to put that up against somebody who has suffered a terrible uh, situation, has had their their uh, life ripped out from under them? Uh, no, I, I would hope to have my philosophy guide them in some way as we all as a society can meld together and create the common consciousness. But I'm not going to uh, say, oh, well, you shouldn't want vengeance. What if you, you know? could supervise? What if you you personally could supervise me going into a, a closed room with a perpetrator of a capital offense and under controlled conditions so that I was not going to murder them? Let me just kick the shit out of them. How do you feel about that option? Like, just get I mean, it a little bit off your chest. Like, I realize that plays to the most basic instincts of, of man. And, and we probably don't want to do that. We're trying to put off the natural man, as I was always taught growing up. But this idea of not, you got to get something. I don't know what it is. I'm not, I'm not advocating this, but what if I could just go in there and just kick the living? Like the guy that uh, kidnapped what's-her-name here locally. It was a huge deal all over the country in the, the news. Elizabeth Smart. Elizabeth Smart, Smart deal. She's been very forgiving of, not forgiving of him particularly, but very, she's been very forward thinking about everything that happened to her, and she's kind of awesome. Um, but 
I remember during that time going, man, if I could just get that guy in a room somewhere and just beat the schmack out of him. Then he, but, I mean, let, but let him live. He lives and he's not broken. I didn't break anything. He just hurt him real good. How about that? Like soap in a, get put a bunch of soap bars in a thing like in that um, uh, full metal jacket where they beat him up at night with a soap. I mean, so again, you're talking about street justice. Like, <laughs> so, so you're just saying we should state sanction street justice. I know it's not the answer. I know, but well, I, I know. I mean, because again, this is where this is where my thought process on this comes from. Can the state kill you? Yes or no? Yeah. Right. All right. Let's say that it's no. Can the state beat you up? And then the question is, well, who's the best person to beat you up? Like, should you be the one to beat him up? What if you lose? (laughs) Should he be handcuffed? Should we be allowing you to beat somebody who's restrained? Like, should we have a professional beater upper? Like, you know, give give a surgical beating to uh to to somebody while you watch? Like, there's just so many. Again, the devil's in the details. Always. This one has a lot of detail, devils. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi guys, this is Matt from California. Hello, Matt. How's it going? Good. Um, I I've got two points for you. First is kind of a general point where uh, the cost of just having somebody on death row is ridiculous. It's it's just an absurd cost, and that we as a society should be, you know, even playing a part in this like facade that we're actually going to kill people, but we're going to have them on for like 15 years and pay for their living expenses is ridiculous. The the second being that, you know, much to what the previous caller was saying is, you know, we, we talk about death sentence as like true justice. Uh, this is maybe much to, to uh, Jerry's point that, you know, this is more for the sake of vigilante justice. It's this satisfaction that the victim gets uh, of closure. But mm-hmm. what we should be talking about is the benefits to society and the way that you know, this is really so that we can actually handle violent criminals. That doesn't help us in any feasible way. Hmm. Well, I, uh, by the way, just to show some numbers here, based on what you were saying, cases with without the death penalty costs about $740,000. Uh, cases where a death penalty is sought or uh, found or where they get the death penalty, $1.26 million cost to taxpayers. Maintaining each death row prisoner costs taxpayers ninety grand. Uh, more per year than a prisoner in general population. So you're right. We're definitely paying more. I'm actually a little surprised how much we pay general pop <laughs> as, as well. Um, but see, there's the question. Is that a cost? I realize you're not saying that, you know, this is all about money and I'm not saying you're saying that. So let me get that out of the way first. But is it worth the cost of, uh, you know, incremental tax for everybody altogether, all paying in together, to maintain these people's lives is it more worth that or is it more worth like justin said earlier the the possibility of making a mistake and having somebody killed for something he didn't do and i kind of lean toward i'd rather pay the money as a society i don't mean me personally i don't mean you personally but i feel like i'd rather maintain that ridiculous amount of money if that's what they truly cost and be be better about making sure costs are where they should be and you know, being efficient and all the other things you try to do when you're spending taxpayer money, at least you hope they do. But I think I'd rather have that. So stop, than... Are you coming? Go ahead. Are you coming from the perspective of a somebody in the shoes of somebody who has, you know, suffered this sort of violent crime? Or are you coming from the perspective of somebody who's part of a greater society trying to prevent that violent crime from happening in the future when the statistics, as Justin mentioned earlier, bear out that you know, increasing the rates of or decreasing the rates of capital punishment don't exactly mean that we're going to have higher rates of violent crime. Right. I understand what you're saying. I'm 
I don't know for sure the answer to your question, how, how, where I'm at with it. Like, again, I'm trying to imagine myself as somebody who had something horrible done to them that was a capital crime. Somebody in their family was murdered. Uh, and then I'm also still a taxpayer and part of my taxes go to pay for this and many other death row people. I mean, that's a hard thought. So I don't know. I don't know. Justin, what do you know? Yeah, I mean, again, this is one of those questions that I, and I hate to keep hitting this button, but man, it's got to be philosophical because the more you get emotional and the more you, you wrap your head around any possible situation that it can happen, the more I'm inclined to say, well, who am I? Who am I to say that this isn't the best way to keep violent people off the street? If, mm -hmm. if, if, you know, the, the, the case, if, if the threshold is so far and yet there are people that cross it, is destruction the best option for our human race? Right. You know, and, and I think whenever you, whenever you ask, well, I mean, like, can we put a line so far that nobody would cross it or somebody that would cross it would be so horrifying? Well, then you get into the question of, well, can somebody accidentally cross it? <laughs> can somebody get railroaded? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes. <laughs> well, it's, it, you know, uh, have enough people, enough situations, and, you know, mistakes happen. Well, By the way, I mean, this I don't know if, how this is going to affect anything, but but also uh, breaking right now, an active shooter at uh, YouTube San Bruno. So the, the Silicon Valley headquarters of uh, of YouTube of youtube so who knows what what this will be but that's uh Ugh. my uh my my uh stuff is kind of exploding right now asking me if I know oh yeah look at all this oh yeah we don't like this this is not a thing we like at all what's going on there i mean we don't like it anywhere but uh, yeah I, well i hey look i mean this is more of an evergreen podcast so more on this i'm sure literally anytime that you want to google it but uh yeah. just know that while we were recording this was a thing that was happening. yes indeed uh that's gonna that's gonna be good for today's show i know there are plenty of you out there still wanted to keep uh, uh uh flowing uh you can do that after the fact don't forget those emails need to be coming to us send them to unfriendmeshow at gmail.com what do you think about the death penalty and uh, do you live in a country? This is the other thing I wanted to ask. If you live in one of these countries like France, I mentioned earlier, where uh, that is no longer a thing, what's that like? How did that feel? Were you there when it transitioned? I, I want to know from that perspective as well. We always like hearing from outside of our borders when it comes to issues that, uh, that we sometimes get a little focused on here as it applies to the state. So, so if you're out there, let us know. Unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. Justin, what are we doing next week? Ooh, I got a choice for you, Scotty. Give it. How about this one? We can either do the drinking age. Okay. Which is currently 21. Get it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, who should do it? Right. Or we can do advertising. Advertising or the drinking age. And by the way, advertising, we would include kind of a little bit of the Facebook stuff, uh, uh, a little bit of how advertising is change the more targeted that it is are either of those two options spelled a b o r t i o n no knock it off okay um then i'm gonna say drinking age drinking age it is then uh drinking age send in your emails leading up to it uh to unfriend me show at gmail.com yeah drinking age in america i got a daughter about to hit that age in about a month and uh she has currently no desire to drink however 
having one turn that age has got me all kinds of thinking about it. So we will do that yep. next time on Unfriend Me. Uh, Patreon.com slash Unfriend Me is where you can support the show. If you like what you're hearing here, there are reasons to go there and get your own exclusive content as well as just help the show grow and be rad. Uh, if you're a fan of what we do and you're coming to that TMS meetup uh, at the end of the month, come by and say hi and let yeah. Justin and I know why you like the show. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, I think that's everything. Next week, big show. Come on back. And if you still want to complain about tipping, who are we to stop you? It's fine. Keep telling us about it. Show at gmail.com. That's yeah. right. Justin, by the way, can be found on Twitter at Justin R. Young. I'm at Scott Johnson. The show is at frogpants.com slash unfriend me. That's going to do it for us, for me, and for Justin. We'll see you next time. See ya. Unfriends. <laughs> this show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>